Welcome back to the Redefining Anger podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Roy, a self-motivated force turned recovering perfectionist. After experiencing the traumatic and sudden loss of my father, turning to anger as a form of protection while living in a state of survival, and facing the wake-up call that I needed nearly two years later, I found community and began a journey of growth and deep internal healing. I'm on a mission to normalize feeling. I believe that getting quiet with yourself and really feeling what needs to be felt is the key to building a relationship of trust and self-respect with yourself. I created this space to vulnerably share my journey with you, how I'm learning to navigate life after loss, and how feeling alive and abundant is still possible. I believe in the power of sharing our stories, and my hope is that my story can empower you to navigate yours. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, I have Veronica Schiltz. Veronica is a toddler mama, a productivity coach, soon to be a doctor of chiropractic, and the co-host of the Thriving Mompreneurs podcast. She is passionate about helping mamas go from burnt out and overwhelmed to fulfilled and peaceful so they can be the best mama they know how to be. Her goal is to help them thrive in their roles as business owners and mothers without compromising their health, family, or wealth. In this episode, Veronica shares about her 10-year journey with anger, how her anger impacted her relationships and the dynamic it created as the oldest of six siblings, and how motherhood and finding her faith really propelled her into healing her anger and repairing the relationships in her life. Veronica is now using her story in an impactful way to help guide other women and mothers. As you know, I am a strategic pitching professional and I support female entrepreneurs in growing their business. So coming soon on August 16th at 12 p.m. Eastern, I am hosting a free virtual pitching meetup to explore the topic of pitching yourself for collaborations that will create exposure for you inside other communities that are aligned with your mission and vision to be seen and heard as the thought leader you want to be known as and to help you grow your business. So I am excited to host this meetup. The areas of discussion that I will include in this meetup is you know, topics such as why pitching? What value does it provide you and your business? Why you need to start with a strategy, why that's important to the success of your pitches, how to create an effective, efficient, and sustainable pitching workflow, tips for creating a pitch template, and the power of following up on your pitches. So the objective of these meetups is to provide you with the tools needed to successfully pitch yourself and to support you through the implementation phase. So I do plan to host these meetups monthly for the foreseeable future. Come with your questions or just ready to learn something new. It's going to be a powerful hour of connecting, networking, and collaboration amongst like-minded women and ambitious female entrepreneurs. If you're not able to make it, the call will be recorded. So definitely make sure to register to catch the replay. I will include the link for registration in the show notes. Again, this is happening on Wednesday, August 16th at 12 p.m. Eastern. Welcome to the podcast, Veronica. I am so glad uh, to have you here today. So I want to let the listeners know how interesting um, it is that we connected. So we actually just connected very, very, very recently. Um, We came across each other on Facebook, of course. And I think we were just both, you know, working our businesses, making, you know, making our connections, doing some networking, and we just kind of landed... Um, we came across each other and I, um, 
uh, went on a discovery call with you to have a conversation so that we can connect. And here we are. We yes. discovered uh, so many similarities between us as far as a deeply rooted story of anger and um, my healing journey and how you found like you resonated a lot with out of my story with your story um, and just where you're at now what you're doing with your story and how you're also um, looking to work with women and inspire them too so we're both kind of using our stories to propel us in a positive direction to help and inspire others which is so amazing and so i'm just so glad that you um you know, we're honored to to be a guest on my podcast because I know that you're you have a very interesting story, um, and I found a lot of similarities in yours with mine, and so I'm just really excited to have this conversation. Excuse me, conversation. So, welcome to the podcast, Veronica. I'd love if you can let the listeners know just a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, and um, yeah, just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and just creating, I love your mission behind this podcast. And so it was truly an honor to get to, I was telling you, I did, I haven't really shared this story so publicly, so this is like my first time with that. <laughs> um, with that said, I'm in the good old Midwest. I am currently living in Kansas, originally from, um, well, originally from California. We migrated to Iowa and have been in the Midwest ever since. I'm currently a doctorate student in the chiropractic program, so I am in trying 9 out of 10, so the finish line is near. I have a toddler. She is almost a year and a half. Um, and yeah, my mission is to just help moms create work-life harmony and feel like they can be moms and career women and be successful in both. So. That's awesome. So I actually didn't know that about you, that um, you're pursuing that program right now. And, um, but I think I did know that you're a mom. So what propelled you into, I'm just curious, is it your, um, and I know we're going to dive into this, but is it your story of anger or is it becoming a mom that really, or maybe it's a combination of the two that's propelled you into, um, you know, wanting to work with women and, and, you know, find that yeah, harmony. So like you said. definitely motherhood. But I will say this story of anger has been probably a journey of 10 years. So I actually didn't realize until I connected with you so recently how much my past was kind of helping me to meet people where they're at and to have that empathy with so many kinds of people. Um, and so motherhood was what really kind of, well, I guess long story short, I didn't know I wanted to be a mom. I thought I didn't want to be a mom. And then I became a mom and realized that we don't have to choose one versus the other. We can have our babies and our, and our careers. Um, and so, yeah, I would say motherhood was what propelled me into this program. Um, but my journey with, you know, redefining anger is how I connect with people in such a deep way. So a little bit of <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I was just simply curious uh, because I know that becoming a mom obviously can change so much and it can just change the trajectory of a direction that you think you're headed in and then a new direction that you actually are headed in. But I love what you said there and that once you become a mom, that doesn't define who you are in your entirety. You are still, you are still Veronica at the end of the day. I'm still Kim at the end of the day. We are still our own individual human beings having our own, our own human experience. Um, and we just happen to be a mom, you know, yeah. with that. And so, yeah, I love that you are pursuing that mission to help women, you know, find that harmony and that, you know, they can still have the career or whatever it is that they desire yeah. to have and be a mom at the same yeah. time. So I think that that's so beautiful. And um, so I, and I didn't know until you shared with me that you haven't actually ever really publicly shared your story of anger. And, you know, what I had shared with you is, you know, and one of the many reasons why I created this platform is for a really long time, I carried a lot of shame, you know, for my anger. And I think there are still days that I do. There are still days that I carry some of that shame and some of that anger, but or not but and I carry the shame I carry the anger and I um 
I still feel blessed for my experiences because I, I, the journey I'm on has allowed me to really get to know myself on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Um, it's allowed me to really connect with myself, which is also allowing me to flourish my relationships and connect with, you know, with my loved ones and even with new people that I come across and meet as well. Um, and it's through sharing my story and which is where I was going with this thought. It was like creating this platform. I realized that through sharing my story, instead of hiding behind it and hiding behind that shame, um, it's allowed me to heal. And, you know, similar to what I know you're going to share, um, that it's, it's coming to terms and realizing that anger does just like, you know, being a mom doesn't define who you are in its entirety, neither does anger. Anger is not who I am. It's a part of me. It's a part of my story. And it's just, it's a part of what I work on every single day. But I think that that's also what makes me um, unique. And in a lot of ways makes me um, who I am. And, And what I mean by that is who I am in a positive light. Right. So I know that, you know, anger can really come across as so negative and heavy. Um, But there's also another side of that. And I think it's Mm -hmm. what you do with that anger. Right. So welcome. Welcome Mm -hmm. to sharing your story publicly for the first time. Mm -hmm. I love this. And so with that, I am going to pass it to you. I'd love for you to share what you feel called to share about your story. Yeah, that'd be great. So, and I really loved what you said about, you know, um, the shame and also, you know, the and of just how you've kind of got to where you are now. And I I resonate with that so much because um, for a really long time, I was ashamed of it. It was something where I, um, you know, I lived this life of this is just who I am. Like, I I think I even said when I was talking to you before this of like, I can't help that I get angry. You just need to stop doing X, Y, Z. And that was kind of something I lived by for a really long time. Um, And then, you know, with this very divine encounter, you know, I I found my faith, I found a community, and they kind of helped me work through that. And for years after that, I was like, I would try to like forget who I was before because I was just so excited about who I was becoming. And it wasn't until recently where I started realizing that 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 anger if you let it be is a superpower because it really just reveals something that you really really care about and if you really care about you should really take a second to you know hone in on that and figure out where this is coming from you know it could be something that you are scared of it could be something that you're you know excited about it could be something that you are uh, passionate about typically you know you don't get angry at things you don't care about you get angry at things you really really love you know and so um really letting anger be kind of my redirecting factor of okay instead of being like this is this is bad and I should feel ashamed of this it's it's like what is this trying to bring up what am I revealing to myself and what do I need to explore a little bit deeper so that I can now use this as my superpower instead of something that's going to hold me back and you know bring that shame so yeah and I love what you just said there about Cause I always think of it as, um, when my anger shows up, it's there, it's there to get my attention. It's there to let me know that there's something beneath the surface that needs my attention, right? Something that yeah. needs healing. Um, and I love the, the perspective you just put on it of when you have anger that shows up, you're getting angry about something you care about and yeah. there's something there it's poking at you because, you know, I, so usually when anger surfaces, uh, typically what that, what that means um, is, you know, a boundary has been crossed or, you know, like a fundamental need has, has gone unmet. And so, you know, when I kind of correlate the two, if one of my boundaries was crossed and I'm getting angry, that makes sense. Obviously I care very deeply about that, but it's, Mm -hmm. I've come to learn. It's not only that the, it's not only a boundary crossed, one of my boundaries crossed by someone else, I could also be crossing my own boundaries. Exactly, yeah. Right? So um, are you, oh, and it's okay if you're not, it's okay if you're not, but are you open and willing to sharing a little bit deeper about your story, like where the anger resonates from and how 
it manifested in your life and the impact it's had on your relationships? Yeah. So um, it's it's funny because, like I said, I haven't shared this publicly, and I don't know that I've shared this specific part with too many people, but it definitely is something that's kind of been passed down in my family, right? Like, and that's probably where that this is just who I am came from is because that's kind of just how my, some of my family members are. Um, and so my dad specifically is someone that we have just had our, you know, struggles <laughs> and he has had a very, very um, traumatic past to the point where, you know, that's a whole other can of worms, but so he had a very traumatic past and had a very angry just way of living I guess and so in a lot of ways I think I picked up on that and that was kind of another excuse of like well my dad's this way so like you know it was just kind of bound that I was going to be this way as well and so he had very very high expectations of me I'm the oldest of six and it was you know if, if it wasn't great if it was like the way my room was like there was just nothing that I could do that was enough which in a lot of ways pushes me even to this day of like wanting more um but there there's a you know unhealthy part of it where you are striving for more and you don't even know at what at any point anymore what you're striving for you're just kind of pushing 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 um nothing's ever good enough and there's never that time to just celebrate and so when you're living in that state of just complete stress and complete anxiety really um it's really hard to be happy within your own self um and then that just kind of leaches out into everyone else you know like if you don't even appreciate yourself each day how are you going to appreciate the people around you and if you're constantly making yourself angry at not being able to hit those milestones and those markers how are you going to be patient with those around you um and so that's kind of where it started and for a long time i i used that past in my upbringing to be like well you know it's just this is just how it is um and so in a sense it's really generational the transformation that happened for me because I realized, and I'm not perfect, I'm still working on it every day, uh, but I realized that, like, I kind of like what I said before, a lot of the times, the anger is there to reveal something deeper, and it took a lot of community, and just, like, sharing my story privately, and just, like, like you said, kind of peeling all back the shame, and digging deeper into where this was coming from, for me to finally be happy within my own self, so that I could then share that with my family members and my friends and just on, like the world around me, you know, I'm just way more patient than I used to be. Um, and it's funny because even some of my, my well, I'm the oldest of six, right? So my siblings watched this whole thing um, unra unravel. And to this day, they know me as the angry sister. You know, there's, I don't think there's ever going to be anything that I could do to change that title of me because you know, they're, they're constantly looking for it because I've probably hurt them in many ways. I mean, you know, my mom thinks the same way of me. And so um, it's this like uphill kind of battle of like trying to remember that it's there for a reason and also trying to move forward and let them know that I am trying to be better. And, you know, I am more patient. And I am more kind. And those things are who I am as well. And so I can be that and kind of let anger redirect me into more kindness and more patience yeah yeah so it's so funny because I I resonate so not that it's funny but I just resonate so much with your story and it's like what we were saying earlier um it's kind of reassuring to hear that someone else can resonate you know very similar there's obviously some differences but very you know very very similar and um you know, I'm not one of six. I'm the one and only. I'm an only child. Um, but likewise, there was a lot, a lot of expectations placed on me yeah. uh, when I was younger, uh, from specifically from my father, because he himself was a perfectionist. He expected yes. so much from himself. Therefore, he expected so much from me. And it was the same, right? So it was, you know, the grades. It was, you know, where I went to school, the guy I dated, the yep. you know, um, <laughs> like, you know, the jobs I interviewed for, the career I pursued. It was just, you know, so even, and and so what you were, when you were talking and you were saying how, you know, like the stress and anxiety, um, because you don't appreciate yourself, it's, it's that we're operating from that place of perfectionism. Yes. Um, and it's constantly, constantly trying to meet, you know, we place the bar so high for ourselves and we try to meet it. 
But the problem with that, I mean, first of all, perception is, is excuse me, perfectionism is, is all based on perception, right? It's what do you yeah. perceive as perfect to you? Like your right. perception of perfect may differ from my perception and then the next person and the next person, right? And then, yeah. so when we place the bar so high and we try to, sh- we strive for that, we're still, it's like this, it, I, I coin perfectionism as tied with uh, not being good enough. And I don't know if mm-hmm. that resonates with you, just feeling you're, yeah. you're not good enough because yeah. you can't ever meet your bar. Because even if you do meet it, you, the bar has already shifted even higher. Exactly. So I was just going to say. And then, you know, but by the time you meet it, it's already shifted. So you're right. chasing this bar that you've set for yourself and you're never, ever achieving it. And so you can't ever feel good enough. Um, and that is really so detrimental to our emotional health, our spiritual health, um, and even our physical health, because a lot of those emotions stay stored in our body. Um, and so, and, and when it manifests as anger, anger is tapping on the door to let you know there's, there's shit below the surface that needs to be felt that needs to be processed. Right. So, yeah. So, you know, and so when it's, when it's, you stuff that down, um, it really takes a beating on your nervous system. Your nervous system Mm -hmm. holds a lot of that in. Yeah. 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 And as a chiropractor, I love that you said that because (laughs) exactly right. Like, um, and that's kind of another reason why I just feel like my journey, even I'm kind of doing two different things, but one in the same in that nervous system regulation is everything because it is truly your nervous system is the, is what how you perceive the world around you if you are in this constant buzzing state of just like you know striving 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 that's what the world around you is going to look like too and none of it is ever going to reach this i loved how you're doing you know with your hands are visual of the bar but really when you're when you're a perfectionist there is like you can't even see the bar like it's just so high up that it just you know so yes and, and that is such a just unhealthy way to live and so finding that equilibrium of like I am okay where I'm at and there's room for growth is so different than you know I I won't stop until I get there you know (laughs) so yeah Yeah, because then from that when you operate from that that area too um you can really it can really lend itself to burnout as well yeah yeah it burns out many times yes (laughs) Yes, I'm actually going through some issues right now where my burnout has manifested itself into some physical issues in my body. So, you know, that's a whole other journey that I'm on right now. But, you Mm -hmm. know, um, I had a thought too with your, with when we were just talking about um, perfectionism and how really what ultimately ends up happening is that we tie our worth to that. So, like, what we feel worthy of or our worth um, is like tied to like such a materialistic perception of success. Right. And so even like I'm chuckling because even um, cleaning my house, for example, tie my worth so heavily on having a clean house. Like as long as my house looked clean and proper, and it was, and then, then I could feel in control, but to, for the outside world, it would also be that like, perf- like that perfect appearance from the outside, right? So yeah. like my, my home being clean meant that I felt clean inside, but really I was still so broken and a mess inside. And I mean, that's just one example, but working on perfectionism has been such a huge part of my journey. And now, um, I mean, even just taking a clean home, for example, I don't, I mean, I'm not dirty by any means. I still have a clean yeah. home, but my standards have shifted so yeah. much and yes. um, to see where I'm, even where I'm at now with that compared to where I was, it's like night and day and right. um, where I used to like identify as like an OCD person. Now okay, I still have some OCD characteristics, but it doesn't like define me anymore. Um, yeah. And so with perfectionism, I really uh, tried and I, st- I mean, I still, you know, I re- identify as a recovering perfectionist because it's still a work in progress every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's taking the approach and it's exactly like what you said. It's um, 
accepting where you're at now, being okay with it, and just know that there's room for growth. And I approach a lot of what I do now in my everyday life as it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> just move the needle forward. Like, even mm-hmm. if I didn't get through A, B, and C, but I got through A today, that's enough. The way, yeah. I moved the needle forward, right? Yes. Um, so it's really like embodying that mentality too. Yeah. And I love, I love how it can just manifest in so many different ways because like for you, you said cleaning. My thing was working. Like I personally didn't like myself. And so I was like never alone with myself. And so I was like, I mean, in undergrad, I think I had like five jobs at one time. And, and I, I think it's funny because kind of like you said, that perception of your house coming together, my perception was that I'm a hard worker. Like people applaud. When I tell you I was getting three hours of sleep, I got more praise than like, you know, like the full eight hours. Like people were like, wow, how you get it all done? And for me, I was like, I, you know, I'm just going to keep going. And I I didn't realize how much that praise was fueling me because it made me feel like I was accomplished, like I was worthy, even though I couldn't find, like, I couldn't do that for myself, right? So I had to wait for someone else to be like, wow, you're doing a lot. And then that just like fueled this fire to just, like my burnout was like, I would constantly... I lived in these cycles for so long of like I would work myself to the bone and I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't taking care of myself, I was not nurturing my relationship. I actually don't I like think back into that time because I married it to my then boyfriend and I'm like, literally how? <laughs> like you're insane for being through all of that. But I worked so hard and then I would crash and I would, you know, be depressed for a few days and then I would do it all again because, you know you know, the show must go on. <laughs> so I did that for probably five years before I finally was like, something has got to give. Um, and I have to find this, this value. It really happened when I found my feet because I could finally put my worth into, you know, a greater, you know, a greater God who was taking care of me all along instead of trying to kind of prove to myself that I was worthy of that place that I was getting for working so hard. So. Yeah. Yeah, I resonate a lot with that too, just being a hard worker. Because I, yeah. I was coined that way for a long time too. You're such a hard worker. You're such a hard worker. Yeah. And it's like you said, you get praised for that. And I think, you know, I think people, when people praise people for that, um, and I don't think it comes from any, like, it's, it doesn't come from ill intent, right? No, not at all. On the receiving end, it it kind of feels like, oh, so that's what I need to keep doing to be accepted. Yes. Right? Yes. And, um, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's tying your worth on that external and it's looking for that mm. external validation rather than, um, validating yourself from within yeah. just being okay with who you are and where you're at. Um, so my, so, you know, I just want to tap into kind of, you mentioned like your faith really helped you forward. And so for me, my I realize now, and when I started down my healing journey, I realized that anger had been a part of my life for, for years, like since I was a child. Um, mm-hmm. I was always like moody when I was a kid. And I, you know, like you were, how you said your siblings are said, oh, the, you know, the, the angry sibling or the angry sister. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's like, I, I would be identified as friends, uh, by my friends as, you know, like feisty Kim or oh mm. Kim Tude or you know just like and so and and even when I was younger it was I really felt like well that's just who I am you know yep. like it's just who I am and I didn't know any better I was young I didn't right. know any better but I would just kind of go along with them and I'd be like fuck yeah the Kim Tude you know like right I'm, like you know? the badge yeah um yeah exactly that that badge of honor but deep down <laughs> I didn't like being known for that. I didn't want to be known as that friend who's, I don't know, you know, whatever. Like, I don't, I can't speak for my friends and what they felt when I, with my energy that I brought, I said, you know, I had, obviously my friends are very genuine and the friendships that I had, I still, back then I still hold a lot of those today. Um, and we're tied very deeply and we're all very connected, but, um, I'm sure I brought an energy with me, right? You know, but, and I didn't like being known for that, but here's where I'm going with this is, um, my anger. And, and when I resorted to really like acting it out, 
um, was very, very, very much triggered after my father's passing. So my father passed away just a few months before my daughter was born. It would have been his first grandchild. And there was a lot there with like the way he passed away and my being an only child having to help my mom. And, um, you know, after I had my daughter, I had some issues with breastfeeding and then I was going through a job change in the midst of that, not by choice and just like a lot of things going on. And so I never really allowed myself to grieve. And I just, to your point, you just stay busy, right? You stay busy because you can't even be alone with yourself. And that was me. Like I could not be alone with myself and I really just had to stay strong and I just thought Mm. that I was doing the right thing by pushing forward pushing forward pushing staying strong for everybody else in my life right um because that's just I felt like you know I just thought that that's what I'm using air quotes that's what I had to do Mm. um and so anger anger took over and it took over Mm. with a vengeance and um you know my my husband and my mother really got the brunt of that um Mm -hmm. being the two rocks in my life and you know i did not i the pain that my the pain that my pain caused my husband Mm -hmm. um yeah there's still a lot of repair happening there you know we've made some Mm -hmm. great strides but there's still a lot of repair there and so i know that you had mentioned to me that even for you for even to this day, you're still working on the damage that um, your anger, you know, created between in your family and in your relationships. And I'm, by damage, I'm using your words. So I'd love for you to yeah. explain a little bit about that. Um, and you also mentioned at the beginning that this, your story, like you've been working on yourself for like a decade. So, so you've got some years on me here because I've only really been truly working on myself and my anger for a couple of years. So I'd love to hear um yeah just about that like where your relationships are at and you like the repair that's still happening what you've had to do to overcome that and you know just share yeah just talk let's talk about that let's go there yeah yeah so I'm like trying to I mean like you said it has it has been a minute since I would like to think of it um but I, I wanted to touch just on the whole um you know when when you're already living in this state of stress and then if something stressful happens, it's like, like game over, right? There's, there's nothing else that we have left because we are already like here and then life comes and you're just like, so yes, that was a lot of times when the burnout would happen when for me is any big life transition. And so um, growing up, my family lost, um, I was like in the 2008 housing crash. My family was a part of that. And that's actually how I said I was from California and then moved to Iowa. That's how we got to Iowa was because of that. We kind of lost everything and kind of experienced a little bit of like near homelessness. I, I hate saying that because it, I know it could have been so much worse, but we did, we had to find a place to stay. Um, and so that was a very hard thing for my dad, who was, like I said, was already kind of angry. He was, it was just very hostile, you know, during that time. He was never, it was never physical, but uh, a lot of mental and a lot of just like, you know, just always on, on tension, tension. And so. I, like you kind of said before, with, you know, when, when stressful things happen, I took on the role as older sister, and I was probably 11, um, and I was the strong one, I was helping my mom, I was, you know, second mom, even to this day, my, my siblings call me second mom, and so with that, I kind of got this title of, like, I'm in charge, um, and when you're in charge and angry, it's sometimes not a good combination, and so I kind of took on this, this um, I guess, personality of, like, well, this is just how I get stuff done as well. Like, not only is this who I am, but this is how I get stuff done. Like, people listen when you're angry. Um, and so there was that whole dynamic with my siblings. Um, and then there was, um, I got into a relationship when I was still in high school with my now husband. Um, and so there was there was a lot of just, you know, I had that dynamic with my siblings as I was kind of second mom, but I was also like, you know, bossy and all of the things, um, which I was like, that's normal. You know, that's just like sibling banter. Um, and then as we got older, I realized none of us were really that close and they especially weren't close with me. Um, and so that was kind of, you know, I was kind of upset by that just because it's like, you know, you, you love your family and you want to be involved in them. And, and there were times that they literally were like, I just don't want to be around you. And I didn't understand why <laughs> looking back, I absolutely do. Um, and so, all that kind of that um, I moved off to college and uh, my then boyfriend at the time 
he thankfully I don't think got a ton of it because I was always gone right like I was always working but there were a lot of times where you know we would we were we would almost break up because he was like you're just always bad and I was like well you're just not doing what I need you to do you know and so um there's this big long we've been together for nine years and so when I got with him in high school is when I started realizing this anger thing was an issue. So I was really, I started to work on it. I started to hide it away and like kind of took it away and be like, that's not who I am. Um, and so it would come out and like blow out every now and then through undergrad, especially during those stressful times of finals week or, you know, all this thing. So all that to say kind of goes back to the faith journey. And that's when I really started working on repairing those relationships. I had gone to a place where, I've been working on the anger long enough just because I was trying to be a productive member of society. You know, you can only get so far in relationships when you, like, and anything is going to set you off. And so um, I started with, actually, now I'm realizing, I started with pageantry because I competed in pageantry in, in, in um, undergrad. And that's when my journey started because I really had to sit with myself. And to be able to interview and talk about yourself, you really have to get to know yourself. And that's when I realized anger is an issue. I'm going to be working on it. And so with my pounding coaches and my, my personal trainers and all of that, that's kind of when that I'm like realizing this all came to fruition as I'm saying it out loud. That's when it really started was when I was in pageantry and really trying to make who I said I was on the outside be the person on the inside as well. So that's when that very first started. Um, and so that's when my relationship started getting better. And then at that point, I was like, well, it's better. So let's just like pretend I never did those things. <laughs> and that didn't go over very well. Because, you know, you, I said some horrible things, but I was very, you know, like you said, feisty. And so then I, I you know, I got really close with Jesus and in my faith and realized that there were some apologies that needed to be said. I needed to put my pride aside and apologize. I even ended up apologizing to my dad because me and my dad had some like screaming matches. Um, and so I kind of one by one, as I was prompted and as faith kind of led me, I started having more of those deeper relationships and intimate conversations of like, I'm sorry for what I did. And um, that's not who I am anymore um in, in the term of i you know i don't want to hurt you anymore <laughs> and so we just kind of i worked really really hard to try and mend those relationships and so fast forward to now that was I think six years ago now so fast forward to now i would say my relationships are doing really really well um i've done a lot of the hard work to to get to where i am um but there are still some times that i'm still known as the angry sister like if i do get even irritated or, or sometimes i feel like at this point in my journey my family will be like doesn't that make you angry and i'm like the way you're doing that kind of and so I have to like you know they're just kind of like testing me which is good um and and so yeah and I'm at this place where I'm still kind of known for that um but more in the sense of it's starting to become like a something they used to talk about and something that they're like some some people I think still are on eggshells and I'm trying to actively make sure they don't feel that way anymore um but at the end of the day, I can only control my actions moving forward. And so I feel like I've done the work that I needed to, to feel good about where I'm at in life, in my relationships as well. So that was a really long-winded answer. Um, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, no, I love all of that. And I was, I was genuinely really curious about, about that. Um, because, you know, I think it's, I'm a human and I'm having, I'm a soul having a human experience. And mm, yes. my mentor says that a lot. And I yes. resonate with it because yes, I completely agree. And, you know, the more I work on myself, the more I uh, connect with myself, um, mm -hmm. like on a deeper level. And I really, you know, I really believe that. And, and I think that we all are, we all just, yeah. are, we are all souls having a human experience. And, you know, it's tough because, with that, with that, you know, that being said, we're having a human experience. We're not perfect, right? And right. this goes back to perfectionism. And nor am I striving to be perfect. But with that, I also know that my anger still surfaces. And yeah. I still have moments where, you know, that I, I walk away and I am not proud of the moment. Yes. Um, and so there's repair that happens like in action, like, like, I want to say almost like live too. Um, yeah. you know, rather than like years later repair, it's like repair in the moment. Um, and 
Yeah. And I think the big difference now with my journey is, and I think I might've alluded to this earlier, but um, it's having just more awareness around it, more mm-hmm. awareness about around it. And rather than living in a state of this is just who I am, it's just being mindful of, oh, wait a minute. I'm feeling angry. Something, you know, something is surfacing here. Something is out of alignment. I'm not. Aligned yeah. Right now, yeah. Right? Um, and, and I love. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I love, because that's exactly right. I wouldn't say right now I'm in a state of, you know, perfection, but recovery happens very, very quickly compared to, you know, I, before where it takes so long to even one, acknowledge that what you did. And then two, to like lower your pride a little to be like, I'm sorry. (laughs) It happens way, that whole process is way more serving and honoring to both parties involved, I feel for sure. Yeah. So with that said, Veronica, would you, so do you agree to that? Um, Cause you, you've been on your journey for, for years. And so would you say that, um, yeah, anger does still resurface for you too? Would you say that that's it, something that, you know, do you feel like that's just a natural part of like, like your lifelong journey? Yes and no, because the kind of anger I had back then was so intense that I hope I never get to that point again, right? Like, I just was, like, like I said, out of control. Now, I see it as passion. Um, and and so when it does come up and when I do, when I, when I realize that's my first reaction, that's when I realize I haven't been checking in with myself. I haven't been praying as often. I haven't been doing my meditation. So really, it's kind of like a checks and balance for me now um, with it being such a, like you said, after so many years, it, it is a part of me in a way that, like I said, it checks and balance, balances me. I don't feel like I'm ever in this state of like, <laughs> like going back to college where you're just kind of like go out with your friends and you like wake up and you're like, holy cow, what did I do last night? That's almost how anger was for me of just like this hangover of like, oh crap, now I have to like undo everything I did when I was in this blind rage. And that's where I feel has been, we're moved past that because we're, like you said, more awareness, more, um, just, just more resources, more tools. Um, and so, yes, nowadays I use it to be like, okay, something is wrong. Yeah. Let me, let me slow down for a second. Yeah. But I guess the point is that it doesn't, anger just won't ever disappear. I mean, it's an emotion, right? So the emotion, right, right. Part, that's part of like every, the human experience also. It's like, exactly. we're going to feel all the emotions. Yes. Um, but like, to your point, rather than being that like blind rage of anger, it's, oh, it's recognizing that it's there. Yeah, because anger serves its purpose. And I guess, yes, yes, I agree 100%. I just think there's, I, I guess, my definition of anger, like, there's, like, the anger back then, and then there's, like, yeah. the normal, normal anger, <laughs> in my opinion. Yes, I, I believe it's even needed, because if you're not, if you're not getting angry about something, then you probably aren't, you know, paying close enough attention, in my opinion, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I want to just mention too, and I think I was kind of going headed in this direction earlier and then I started talking and I went in a different direction, but like you mentioned, you mentioned that your faith really propelled you forward. Um, You know, finding your faith really helped you. And, you know, I was, I was really been giving this so much thought to, and and especially recently, because I attended a retreat, uh, a leadership retreat recently that got me kind of thinking about this. And you know, because my anger, I now know my anger really stems from even my younger years, Mm. the passing of my father, like you said, it was a stressful, um, incident that happened when I was already living in like a state of stress and in high anxiety. Right. And so that just like really catapulted me into like, just being like, like I fucking hate life. Um, But, and then it was, it was really, it was really, um, the toll that it was having on my relationship with my husband was the wake up call that I had of like, okay, I need to like really evaluate what's going on with myself because mm. something is not right. 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 And that's what really propelled me down my journey. That was really the wake up call I needed and really like propelled me. And then now as I've really been through that growth journey, through that healing journey, uh, working on myself tremendously, mm. I, 
instead of using my father's passing um, to fuel anger, I can look at my father's passing um, with gratitude. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is I don't know where I'd be today if it weren't for that life situation to have happened to me, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so, yeah, you know, when we talk about my Zoom is giving me a thumbs up, I must have given you a hand signal. I know the listeners can't see, but I'm I'm French, and so that is the funny. French do that. They talk with their hands, and I do. I always talk with my hands. Um, I love it. So I'm just like waving my hands back and forth, and no, so I'm just like, yeah, so thumbs up, Veronica. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. I've never seen that before. That's funny. <laughs> oh my god, you gotta laugh in the middle of like such like a deep, intense conversation about anger. <laughs> but it was so beautiful to you know. It comes to that conclusion that's really beautiful and you should be very proud of yourself because I know that takes it takes work and that there's just so much there yeah yes thank you and thank you for saying that because yeah it, it really does um take a lot of work to get to this point because I I you know there are still days that I feel angry that he's gone you know mm-hmm. but I also know or not but and I mm-hmm. also really just believe in my heart of hearts that everything happens for a reason Um, And things don't happen to us, they happen for us. Mm -hmm. And um, because he's no longer with me, or, you know, not because, but just he's no longer with me in the flesh, but Mm -hmm. I feel him so much. And I think Mm -hmm. it's through my journey and really just gaining a deeper connection with myself and my intuition that I am so open to feeling that connection with him beyond the grave. And I just, I just feel him. I just feel him. And I, I know I get my signs from him all the time. Um, I've mentioned this on my podcast before different signs I get, but um, I get the signs and I, and I'm open to receiving them. I believe that Mm -hmm. they are him, but I also just feel him. Like even just yesterday I was sitting outside taking a few minutes by myself and I was just like, it was beautiful sunshine. The sky was blue. The trees were just kind of like waving in the breeze. And I just had this moment of like, I just like kind of just felt him. I felt him in the wind Mm -hmm. I just felt him there with me. Um, and I think that that's that in and of itself is so beautiful and that I can get to that point mm-hmm. and find gratitude and the connection that I have with him today. Yeah. Um, I give anything to have him back, but if mm-hmm. nothing else, I have that. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I think that is so profound because I mean, remember we both were talking about how we didn't even want to be with ourselves. Right. And in those, in those moments that you feel your dad and it's just so, I'm just so, yes, I'm so grateful that you do feel that because now we can sit and, and enjoy and have that gratitude around the world around you and it allows us intimate spiritual connection as well. So that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. So Veronica, I would love you to take just a few minutes. Any final thoughts? So, you know, to any of my listeners who, um, whether or not their thing is anger, you know, they might be working on some something else, healing another part of them. So it could be grief. It could be something else. Um, mm-hmm. So final thoughts on anybody who's really in the thick of it and finding themselves uh, wanting to work on themselves, not sure of how to do that or and or um, just finding themselves in the thick of it and really just... Um, yeah, just, you know, wanting to, to get clarity on the other side. Yeah, I think that no matter what you're going through, there is some level of shame that is almost always attached to it. And so what even helped me was just finding a safe community to to share that with. Um, and then to understand, that, you know, once you're in that community, you'll realize that you're not alone in it. Um, and it's a beautiful and you know, tragedy that you get to share these moments with people because, you know, it's sad that that some people relate so profoundly, but it's almost like you can't move forward until you know you're not alone. And so just finding that safe space, that safe community that you can 
come to and to be like, hey, this is where I'm at. And then them being like, we've either been there or we're in it with you. So let's go through it together. Yeah, 100%. I agree with you. I agree with you. Because even even when I started, I started with therapy first and therapy was great. And I mm. really, and I really needed it. Um, and then after it was a few months after therapy that I found community and I entered the coaching program that I entered into, but it was when I found that community and I was surrounded by other women that I really, um, yeah, I felt, I felt safe yeah. and I had not felt safe inside of my body mm. probably my entire life but finding the wow. community I really felt that because I I knew I wasn't alone um, yeah. and that I wasn't broken yeah exactly it's amazing awesome Veronica where can my people find you what do you have going on if they want more of you? Um, yeah, tell us all, all the things. Yes, yeah. So you can find me at Wealth and Wellness LLC. I'm on Instagram and TikTok. And I'm all about time management and mindset and making sure that you feel fulfilled in your home and in your business. And so um, you can also, um, I believe you said you were going to tag uh, my little uh, link, Calendly. You can book a discovery call with me to see if the Alive to Thrive program would be a good fit for you uh, because that's truly the goal of the program and, you know, is to create a community that's safe um, and allow you to live, you know, and thrive where you're living, so. Awesome. Yes, I will have all of that in the show notes. I will definitely have that there. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for being here and for sharing your story. How do you feel? Real quick, how do you feel? First time. So good. Yeah. It was really, I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to say or where I'm going to go. And so thank you for just being this leader and, you know, directing the conversation because it felt like it flowed really nicely. And yeah, it feels good to just be like, yeah, I said that. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I love it. And that's, that's exactly what this platform is for. It's just yeah. Yeah, to welcome anybody who has a story and they're ready to share their story. So thank you for being here and for vulnerably sharing yours. I really appreciate thank it. Honor to be here. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to another episode of Redefining Anger. If this resonated with you in any way, I would be so grateful if you would share this episode or the podcast with a friend, a family member, anyone that you believe may benefit from it also. If you want to stay connected, you can find me on Instagram at runningongrit at running.on.grit and follow along my journey. Do you have a story to share? A voice that's aching to be heard? Send me a DM and let's get a conversation going. My information can also be found in the show notes. I look forward to connecting with you.